You are now tuning in to the Own the Build podcast. Join Sealing's very own Paul Hemming, where each week he interviews experts from the world of construction and asks all the important questions around intelligent construction management. Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the Own the Build podcast with me, Paul Hemming. How is everyone doing today? I hope you're very well. I'm doing particularly well today because in the studio, we've got someone who is completely outside of the construction sector, but has got thoughts on how we should be restructuring and potentially managing our businesses and the industry in general, which I'm super, super interested in. To hear about today, we've got Joe Ryle, who is the director of the Four Day Week campaign, media and comms lead for the think tank Autonomy, and former advisor to the Shadow Chancellor. It's really, really great to have Joe on the show today, and I am particularly interested as a business owner to hear about the Four Day Week. This episode was actually almost requested by one of our Own the Build listeners. So, Chris, if you're listening to this, this one is just for you. And, um, if anyone else has any great episode ideas, because I'm sure this one's going to be great, feel free to get in touch. Joe, welcome to the show, mate. Welcome to Earn the Build. How are you doing? Hi, uh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Pretty good, mate. Pretty good. I mean, you've just come back from sunny Portugal, I understand, and you're here to talk all about construction. You lucky devil. Are you ready to talk about construction? Yeah, always ready. I've got lots to say about it. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, uh, like I said, I'm uber excited about this show. I've given a brief intro to you and your career to date, your experience and what you're doing now. Just do a far better job. Joe, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure, yeah. So I'm, um, yeah, as you say, I'm the director of the Four Day Week, Day Week campaign, um, which is a campaign that has existed for over five years now, um, campaigning for a four-day, 32-hour working week with no loss of pay for workers. Um and hopefully, you know, it's an idea that your listeners have been hearing, hearing a lot more about over the last few years. Um, really, it's since the COVID pandemic that we've seen a real kind of sort of, sort of catapult in, a, in interest in the four-day week. And it's really kind of risen up the agenda. Um, we've been running, we may talk about this a bit more in a bit, but we've been running this, this big, the biggest ever trial of a four-day working week in the world so far with 70 companies, 3,000 workers taking part. Uh, and it's, you know, really an idea that's taking off and lots of people talking about it, lots of people rethinking about how we can reshape the world of work since the COVID pandemic. So it's, it's interesting time to be talking about four-day working weeks. Tell me, Joe, why are you the director of the four-day working week? Why is this something that you personally are championing? What's it, what's it mean to you? Like, what's the inspiration? Where did it come from? Five years and a day ago, you were sat doing something else. What changed? Well, I, I should say I didn't actually found the campaign. It was set up before me. I, I was working in Parliament for a number of years before that. And I guess, but I guess for me on a, on a personal level, you know, I, yeah, I was someone that had always worked kind of full time and full time being kind of nine to five, five day working week, or in many cases longer than that. Um, I worked for the La- Labour Party for a couple of years, you know, and we'd be rotated on on Saturdays and Sundays when I was in the press team, you know, and it was, it was a job that I, that I really enjoyed and, and really valued, but it, it, I ju- it just struck me that they're just like having that lack of work-life balance meant that yeah per- on a personal level I kind of felt that my my sense of my self-identity was really just sort of sort of dominated by work and I kind of lost sense of who I was in the world outside of it um 
and always just yeah felt burnt out felt stressed felt overworked and that would affect yeah my not just my kind of personal well-being and how much I was enjoying life but also how motivated I was at work you know you, you sort of get to you know that dreaded Sunday that everyone talks about you know it's like oh my god we got to be back in again we just finished on Friday um and I just I just felt like there must be a better way and that was where they kind of I found out about the four-day week campaign and after that era of working in parliament kind of got more involved and then ended up working on the campaign amazing amazing i feel like if i stopped working on thursday night and had friday saturday and sunday that sunday dread's going to be even worse i imagine, please don't take me back to work now i don't want to do it but all, all jokes aside right i think that it's quite interesting or quite useful for you to ground our chat in what a four-day working week means because I'll be honest with you, until we started talking, I didn't know whether it meant, you know, you work four days and get paid four days, you can work, like, I, I just didn't know how it worked. And you said something that is really, really critical, I think, to everyone's understanding. The four-day working week and the campaign that you're, what you're campaigning on is a 32-hour working week that is equivalent pay, identical pay to a 40-hour. So it's basically four days, not five, and you get paid the same. Is that right? That's exactly it. And that, you know, that's what we see as a true four day week. It's about a genuine reduction in working hours. And the reason for that is, you know, the four day week at its heart is a policy to tackle burnout, stress, overwork, you know, lack of lack of work life balance. And so you, you have to be reducing hours for it to be a four day week that's going to bring those benefits. And there are other versions, there are compressed hours, four day weeks, there's shorter working weeks, there's part time work, you know, there's lots of lots of other different variations of more flexible working, but we think at its heart uh, and if you look at the historical case, you know, it was 100 years ago that we moved from a six-day working week to a five-day working week. And we kind of see the natural next step being the move to a four-day working week. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to have to be a transition to get there. You know, may, some say it may take as long as a decade. But it feels like we're at the kind of early pioneering start of that move. And I should say as well, some some some, some companies that have already moved to four-day weeks actually go below 32 hours. They go more to 30 hours or 28 hours. So it depends on... Or, or you know on the different the sector you work in and, and the context going on but the kind of gold standards as you say yeah it's four days 32 hours no loss of pay and so it's really interesting talking about you know you're almost picturing victorian mentalities towards labor and work-life balance when you're talking about that six-day working week what actually was the catalyst you're talking about covid being a bit of a catalyst now for a shift in mentalities what happened 100x 100 or so years ago when the decision was made six days is crazy let's do five the the uh, there was a couple of kind of like quite high profile examples so um in boots in the uk one of the first ever companies to do it and they were quite a big company at the time boots who still exists today the cosmetics company also um ford motor company in the us so the you know manufacturing cars uh, they were kind of one of the first pioneering companies to introduce it and it just very quickly very quickly was shown to not only uh, you know improve the well-being of, of staff they had more time to themselves you know had the whole weekend it also improved productivity you know workers were actually working much better in the time they were doing and that actually Ford found as a company that they were actually working much more effectively um, and so it spread from there really um, and there was you know I should say there was a, a whole sort of massive campaign run by trade unions at the time as well you know the trade union movement was something they were backing the other factor was that they also in the UK anyway they also put people probably like to know this they put the football on a Saturday at 3pm which is still the case now you know most, now we're talking most, most games on a Saturday are still at 3pm despite those kind of 
changing TV right times. But um, that was a big factor in kind of cementing Saturday as leisure time, that, that kind of football game on a Saturday at 3pm, and it cemented the idea that Saturday was a day of leisure rather than a day of work. And that was, as if you look back at it, historians say, was one of the kind of major factors in enabling that shift. Fantastic. So we just need to find another sport to put on Friday. Let's <laughs> yeah, get cricket on a Friday. I'm a big yeah. cricket fan. Let's get that yeah. on a Friday. Eh? But... <laughs> I, I'm a business owner. There'll be lots of business owners listening. There'll be lots of employees listening, employers listening. It's interesting what you said about Ford there. And they were working six days and doing, I guess, 50 hours or ish. And they moved to 40 hours, let's say, um, on a five-day schedule and actually increased productivity. Because it's almost what's the nature of the conversation now, honestly, hand on my heart, being a business owner, being a bit of a, being a QS, being a bit of a stick in the mud, QS is being people who just are very uh, sticklers for finances and so on and budgets. That's kind of our, our role. It makes you think, ooh, could you really do in four days what you could previously have done in five? But I'm guessing with manufacturing, you know, talking production lines Ford, six to five, it was exactly the same perception, if not worse, right? Because you'd literally be looking at a production line and saying we do X in an hour. So 50 hours a week versus 40 hours a week, different kettle of fish, isn't it? So I'm guessing all of those challenges and all those conversations which were successfully navigated 100 or so years ago and that Ford, as a great example, looked at and became more productive. It's almost like a case study for today, right? Um, And for the argument that you guys or the campaign that you guys are running, is it, are you going to be more productive? Like what, what, uh, sell me the four day working week. Yes, I mean all the all the studies we've seen so far, and that you know we're in a much stronger position than we were a couple of years ago. And now there's been like you know so many so many studies and trials of the four day week across the world in many different countries, and government led as well. Um, and all they've all shown that you know nine times out of ten cases, not only is well being going up, but also productivity. And you know it's not surprising that when you're better rested, um, when you've had that time for your extra time to yourself, you know, you you come in and you're able to perform in your job much more effectively, much more efficiently, but you're much more motivated because you've had that time off, you can enjoy the work more. And that's that's where a lot of these productivity gains come from. Um, the, the other thing is that to say, you know, is that there has been, if, if we look at the last few decades, we, we through automation, new technology, you know, productivity has uh, gone up over the last few decades, since in the 70s, 80s, 90s, but none of that's really been passed on to workers in terms of more free time. Um, so in, in many ways, we're long overdue an update to working hours. Um, you know, workers are owed, should, we, we, see, we think workers are owed a four-day week, you know, for all of the time they put in over these last few decades. And yeah, we've seen numerous companies in numerous different settings from construction, manufacturing, retail, hospitality, you know, that have, have tried out a four-day week. And yes, it's still a relatively small number in the UK, but where they have tried it, you know, they have found it's been a win-win both the employer and the employee and how and how you one of the first things that rolled off your tongue there was well-being as a metric improved with before how do you measure well-being is it just like the you're doing surveys and the employees are saying yeah i feel great for what of a better phrase yeah i mean that's basically essentially you measure it through staff surveys and whenever we've worked with companies that have trialed it they'll kind of you know they'll measure measure that at the beginning of the trial so just before the trials begins you've got the kind of base level and then you measure it halfway through then you measure at the end and you you do that on a big enough scale the staff and you can quite clearly see the impact it's had on people's well-being and so you you mentioned i'm guessing like you this campaign has been going for five years still in terms of the bell curve of adoption we must be really 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 very much in that early adopter stage 
because therein lies the challenge, doesn't it? It's, it's getting people to change it, proving that it works. I'm someone that would, I'd consider myself like a late, early adopter to things. Like I still need to see some proof. I'm not that much of an innovator, personally speaking, that I'm right at the front of the queue. But in, interested to know, so you, you mentioned as well that you guys are currently in the middle of the biggest, I think you mentioned 70 companies, the biggest trial uh, in the world. Is that right? Yeah, well, the trial's actually finished now. It was a, it was a six-month trial. Um, it finished in December, but we're just processing the results at the moment. They're going to be out in a couple of weeks' time, actually. Yeah, probably, uh, yeah, 21st of February, so quite soon. And what does that, that probably chimes very well with the release date for this, actually, but what does that, in that, are we going to read, uh, my assumption would be we're going to see that well-being has gone up and productivity has gone up as well for these companies. How would you measure the productivity? How is it being measured and captured that data so it's something really tangible to to work from? Yeah, so it's going to, yeah, we're looking, I can't go into all the data yet because they're still being analysed by a number of academics, but um, it, it is looking, the, the early signs, it's looking like, yeah, well-being has is, is improved dramatically for, for nearly all workers. Um, productivity has been at least productivity or performance you know the performance of a business has been at least maintained or improved in many cases and for some that's as simple as measuring revenue you know measuring revenue before the trial begins and then at the end for others it depends on on what their metric is you know it's about what what your business or your company measures as success you know what is the kind of output of your organization and for, you know, it's different depending on the on the on the context on the sector um but the signs are very positive and it, it does that like the vast majority of firms that have taken part in the pilot have decided to continue with that at the end of the pilot so it's very positive really is it is it something is it something that you think is going to happen are you are you like a firm but like it's happening I've, just get on I think it. so. I think so. I think it will take. I think it will take a period of a decade. If if you look at the shift from a six day working week to five day working week, it did take about a decade to kind of be rolled out across most of the economy. So it's, again, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Um, but if we think about automation, new technology still to come, you know, there is going to be a diminishing amount of work anyway. And so in some respects, a shorter working week or a four day week is inevitable because we're going to have to be more creative about sharing that diminishing level of work more equally across the economy. And the most natural way to do that is to, is, is to give people shorter working hours. And I, I do think we're at the very early stage of, you know, the early pioneers, the hundreds of companies in the UK that have done it already, um, setting that kind of benchmark and standard to inspire others. And I think, yeah, I think it's going to happen. As someone whose background is absolutely not construction, I guess what's your perception of our industry to start with how do you view us well i've got quite a few friends in the construction industry actually and and that was where some of these initial conversations started before we commissioned that piece of work um and i remember one of them saying to me really clearly he was like you know it gets to a thursday evening and i'm absolutely exhausted you know not just like mentally exhausted but my body is physically exhausted and kind of battered i think battered i think was the phrase he used and and i think <laughs> that sounds likely um and he was i think he set, set up his own company now and he was talking about trying to set it up on a four-day week model i don't think it's fully set up yet but you know he was saying that yeah if he would if he could have fridays off then he'd be much more so much better recovered physically by you know by then coming back monday he said he could, he'd actually he was pretty sure he'd be able to get the exact same amount of work done to a better standard and better quality of work as well uh, over four days rather than five and the kind of conversation start then i've heard others say similar because it is it is i know it is a sector where working hours are extremely long i think it's some of the longest 
some of the longest working hours um, of any kind of industry. And, you know, and I think that's why that's where four, why four day week could be really interesting in the sector, because there's clearly problems that need to be addressed. Yeah. And there's problems with construction. Again, things we've talked about on a regular basis over the last year or so on the podcast is record levels of poor mental health, record levels of suicide and record levels of vacancies in construction, i.e. people, the, the next generation aren't running to construction as a sector that they want to work in, which is kind of, I guess, why I was asking that question. What, what was your perception of construction? Most people, or many people, don't perceive it as a place that they want to work. Um, and therefore, to some degree, I almost wonder whether, and again, this is, would be highly ambitious, whether as an industry, that, and we are talking right now constantly as an industry about the labour crisis, the skills crisis, whether an ambitious way to tackle that would be to say, as a sector, we're moving to the four-day working week, and would that then be something which would attract the next generation? I think it probably would. It would, compl- it would show construction in a completely different light, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think it could be incredible for the industry. And I think, as you say, I, I, I do think that's where the strongest, there is the, there's the strongest possible argument for four-day week in construction. It is, it is the job vacancies. You know, there's tens of thousands of job vacancies. And it, the younger generation don't seem to be coming into the sector. And it is a really, really crucial industry. You know, we all need, we all need homes. We all need, you know, it's, a, it's really valuable work. It's really physical work. But as well as the job vacancies, I know that it's, it's also an industry where workers are retiring much earlier than they do in other sectors. You know, I think they retire at least, at least 10 years earlier than other sectors. It may even be more than that. Um, and so if we're thinking about also longevity, you know, in the industry, then, then the four-day week is massively going to help with that as well. Um, so I think there's a there's a really strong case, and you know where we have seen other firms, and again separate from the construction industry, but I think this would apply across where we have seen firms move to a four day week with no loss of pay. You know they've been inundated when it comes to job vacancies. There was one um, Atom Bank, the biggest kind of uh, company in the UK to move to a four day week so far. They were financial services sector, 500 staff, and in just three months after announcing they'd moved to a four day week, they found that their job applications increased by 500 percent um you know and i think you would i think you would start to see similar in the construction sector so it does does make sense fascinating fascinating stuff i mean we've talked kind of in the first half of the show about like almost a bit more broadly the benefits of the four-day working week i think everyone listening will now understand that after the break we'll talk a bit more with a bit more focus if you like on construction and actually how it might work but we'll do that right after the break Hello, it's me again. I wanted to share a quick story with you on why I co-founded Sealink with my best mate Chris. Chris and I, we're both QSs, and this is going to sound sad, but one night we were sat in the pub talking about subcontract tendering and we realised the industry had a problem. Number one, procurement was too paper-based. Number two, it was too time-consuming and every QS had their own unique way of doing things. And number three, perhaps most importantly, If you want to competitively tender, you need to know hundreds of the best subcontractors. We simply didn't. That's why we created C-Link. It's software to solve subcontract tendering. We wanted to remove these challenges and help the industry get better. So if you, or someone you know, tenders with subcontractors, you've got to see our software. Head over to our link, www.get.c-link.com forward slash podcast to find out more. I will include it in the description box, so again, there's no excuses. Now, 
let's get right back to the show. So one of the things I'm going to do for everyone is actually put a link in the podcast description to this construction report four-day working week. I'm sure there's lots of people who will want to read it and then go and wave it in front of their bosses. One of the things, well, there's a few things that's like stuck out to me, if you like. There's some um, great stats in there that will just make, when I read it, I was like, yeah, that, that really resonates. So construction workers are currently putting in more than f- five hours than the average worker in Britain. I think everyone who works in construction will feel that. And then British workers already spend considerably more time working than the rest of Europe. So working in Britain already means long hours. Working in construction means uber long hours. And I mean, five hours over a 40-hour week is an extra 10%. So we're already working a huge, huge amount. So that will resonate with everyone and everyone will feel like, yeah, that makes sense. Where I have reservations is kind of exactly that and maybe this is my old school stick in the mud as I would put it mentality i.e. if we're already working not 40 hours we're working 45 because there's so much work to do how on earth are we ever going to do it in 32 hours yeah it's a very good question um, and you know I think it does need to be looked at across the sector as a whole you know I, I do think you do need the kind of industry bodies leading on this. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to have all the answers in terms of how this could be rolled out across the entire construction sector. I don't think it'd be possible for me to have those. You know, I think there does need to be bigger conversations. But in the first, you know, some of it we, some of it we have already touched upon, you know, that there, there are natural productivity gains that do come from working less in terms of working more efficiently, working more effectively. The other part of it is, you know, the, obviously, the job recruitment um, is is an issue that will affect the how how speedily work can get done if there's not enough staff there. So if you can if you can get a way to solving those issues, that will also help in terms of speeding up work. So that's kind of second part. And the third part is you know it's not it's not it's not something that can be implemented overnight. You know it may be that in the construction sector there, there needs to be a kind of more gradual approach to getting there. So maybe it's a shorter working week in the first instance. You know you kind of knock a couple of hours off the week and then you sort of slowly build to getting there. Um, it will depend for each, for each kind of business and organisation whether they can make that work and depending on the type of work when it comes in. I mean, the issue you raised before, which is a big one, which is a lot of workers paid by hour, paid by the hour rather than on a project basis. And again, that would be something that needs to be looked at as an industry. You know, it's, it's what blocks are currently in place that would prevent this from happening. And it's one that applies to other sectors as well where, where workers are paid per hour actually that presents a problem because if you're going down from 40 to 32 hours on the same pay, how do you do that? And part of the answer to that is kind of, you know, looking at changing contracts and the way people are, are paid and, and moving to a more projects, paid on a project by project basis rather than a per hour basis. I know that a number of consultancy firms have worked that out and kind of changed the way they pay workers. So it's, it, you're talking about big whole scale changes, you know, that have to be implemented with, with care and with time and, you know, with agreement from from many in the industry. So th- there's lots of different ways of doing it. Part of it is also just being more creative and strategic with rotor patterns. You know, you can have a businesses and a number of there's a number of four day week companies already that exist like this where they kind of maintain the the coverage of five days but staff are only doing four days, thirty two hours. So they're being more creative the way they're rotoring on and off. Um 
So there are, there's lots of different ways of doing it. I won't have the answers for every single company, but hopefully there's there's a bit of food for thought there. Yeah, no, that makes one of the things. So obviously this is all going to be driven by, like you said, there's multiple stakeholders in any sector, right? For construction, let's make it really simple. You've got Tesco's who say, oh, I want a new big Tesco's. They then employ a main contractor. That main contractor then says, oh, I need, you know, a roofing company, a steelwork company, et cetera, et cetera, who then employ these subcontractors who are, who are the people that are largely the operatives on site delivering the work. Now, I'm unsure that Tesco's would ever say, because at the moment what is happening more and more, which is probably why we get these extra five hours in construction, is they say, right, we're behind on programme, so guess what we're going to do six days a week. We're now open Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we'll open up Saturday morning until one o'clock or something like that. And we'll use that to make sure we hit the programme. If we're going to do a four-day work, actually thinking about it, we've almost got to deal with the fact that we do a six-day working week on a lot of construction sites because we're forgetting even that, you know, some people are paid by the hour, but actually 80-plus percent of projects finish late even more finish over budget and it would have to be the clients and yeah it could be the government on government projects or whatever actually saying you know to finish if it, the pro- program is 12 months january to december we definitely it's, it's a struggle to finish that on five days can we really finish it on four because we're actually going five and a half in most do you see what i mean there's so many challenges in construction where I worry that it's so such a big moving beast that it would almost it feels like there's so many challenges to get a four day working week, let alone even a five because we can't do that. How does that make you feel? No, I think it's a really good example, and, and yeah, to use that example, you know, I think we've got to look at in the first instance why why, for example, its work is being delayed and it's and, and people are saying there needs to be six days rather than five. And I, I, my my prediction would be that it's actually not to do with the amount of hours being worked. My prediction would be it's probably to do with some of the other issues that we've been talking about, you know, the, the lack of workers in the sector, uh, the fact that workers are, you know, suffering with lots of physical and mental health problems, physically burnt out. You know, I, I would, my prediction would be there probably... And the programmes are probably rubbish initially. When I say it's going to be January to December, it should probably be January to March in the first place. So it should be 15 months, not 12. There's, there is lots of things. It's just that mentality of we're late, more hours. That's yeah. our mentality as a, as a sector, not less. Yeah, exactly. And that needs to be transformed, you know, and that's, that's why the four-day week is, is, for me, quite exciting because we're talking about transforming systems to make it you know, work better for everyone. Um, and you know, there, yeah, there's a host of problems that, ha- that happens when you're fatigued and you, you lack of sleep, and you work, you know, and you're overworked. That's when accidents occur. I'm sure that's when, it, which, which then creates more delays. You know, that's when, when people, um, you know, make mistakes, and then that creates more delays. And, and I think we need to look at this, the entire system in in its entirety. And you know, we can do that with the construction sector and say what's going to be a better model for everyone and it is going to be something more like a four-day working week or a shorter working week but it's going to yeah we need to be honest about it's going to take time to get there it's going to be a lot of you know complex hurdles to work through to get the industry there i mean the the one the one case that does exist in terms of case studies is is Arocco up in scotland um they're a construction company yeah they're a construction company they've moved to compressed hours four-day week so it is the same hours um rather than a kind of true four-day week but that i i I gather from speaking to them, you know, people aren't 
people often aren't doing the full 40. So it's, it's getting on the way to a, a kind of four-day working week. Um, so what, they're extending hours Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, exactly, and not yeah, Friday. Exactly, yeah, so, exactly. And they found that, that having that extra Friday off is still bringing about some of those benefits in terms of physical health. Um, I, I still think 40 hours is too much. You know, we think 40 hours is too much. But I think you can start to see there's some case studies for it and that that's all that we were you know the report that was out that made that was talking about all these stats around it you know that was that was what it was calling for at this stage we need to see more experimentation we need to see more trials and pilots of this to work through some of these 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 problems that come up as they arise and um, you know i think in, in in the very short term there's there's nothing stopping the construction sector from getting on with that it could even just run a trial in part of the business it doesn't even need to be the whole business or or run it as a trial on one project and see how that works. You know, we, we need to see more pilots. We need to see more evidence in the sector to see how it could work, you know, on a much wider scale. It's got to come top down on a project, on a project site. Oh, so I'm a subcontractor. I was, we couldn't adopt a four day working week unless the main contractor said, yeah, you can do it. And the main contractor wouldn't do it unless the client said it. So, Unless Tesco said, yeah, we're a four-day working week project, we're going to do a trial, let's see how it goes, which is unlikely from a Tesco, but maybe a government project, right? So a government project, they've done it with other things where they've piloted X to see if it would be transformational. No, I was just saying exactly that, you know, I think it does need to come from, it does need to be that top-level engagement and buy-in to make it happen. And yeah, we've been, as part of the campaign, calling for the government to to launch funding for, for a range of different um, pilots across different industries as well. Both political, major political parties in the UK right now, rabbiting on at equal levels about growth, 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 growth and growth in the economy for all the reasons that we know and that we're not going to talk about. Could the four-day working week be a catalyst for that? And is there any positive conversations, like positive developments from either of the big parties who are saying, yeah, this is this could be the thing that drives us to the growth that we want, for example. There's definitely hints of um, encouragement, yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked for decades in this country about the productivity puzzle and tried, you know, all the usual methods. But actually, if you look at the data, we, we work some of the longest hours in Europe as a country, as the UK, um, while having one of the least productive economies. So all these long work... Crazy, isn't it? All these long working hours we're putting in are not making us very productive. You look at, you know, countries like France or Sweden or Germany, they work less hours and they're much more productive. Um, so some, we've got to try something different. Um, cricket on a, th- on a Friday, we've agreed it. Signed I, off on it. I think cricket on a Friday is not a bad <laughs> shout. Um, not that I, I'm not that into cricket, but I could get oh, into it. No one is, but this will make them <laughs> like it. It's a double, it's a double win. <laughs> um, but there is, there, is, you know, there is hints of encouragement. We know that there's various senior members of the Labour Shadow Cabinet that support a four-day week. I would say the government is not something they're actively exploring, but it's not something they're actively resisting either, which was which was definitely more the case a couple of years ago where there's kind of active resistance from the kind of Conservative Party in government. And we've, we've seen that change, which I think is good. It, it does feel like we're winning the argument for a shorter working. It doesn't seem to be much pushback. And I think, I think you know, when, when we can show that it's a win-win for both employers and employees, you know, you do have to ask the question, what's not to like about that? Yeah, and, and if, you know, I quite like your alliteration, the productivity puzzle, right? If we're so unproductive, this is basically what was being said, like, we need to grow, we need to grow, we're unproductive, how do we grow, right? Loads of different ways that you could theoretically do it. But if you were to have exactly the same productivity as a nation, Monday to Thursday, and an extra day for, you know, everyone to go to the shops, everyone to go to the sport, you know, all of those different things, that ha- would have a massive impact on 
those sectors and the economy as a whole, right? It's quite... I actually hadn't thought about it in the context of growth and all the current conversations that are going on, but it, actually it feels like almost blindingly obvious if you can prove that you would get the same level of productivity. How could it... It could be the way to stimulate growth, right? We, I mean, it'd be brilliant on that... On that, Let's say everyone had Friday off, you know, it'd be brilliant for the hospi- hospitality sectors, the creative sectors... Um, also, for, for you know, people, some, lots of people would spend their time volunteering as well, and that could have a really big impact on society and 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 mental health, physical health, which then brings savings in terms of NHS and and reducing the pressure on the NHS. So you can start to see the kind of better society that's created when it's implemented at that scale. I th- I think um you I'm, you're getting me more and more sold. You get me more. So- the, the trouble is, here's the trouble. I'm getting sold on a macro level i'm really starting to think okay that could make if that's what we all did it would be brilliant but then on a micro level i'm still thinking that's a big change i would have to make in my business how do i do it should i do it should i why would i do it right now maybe i won't do it how does you know if you were to give advice to the managing director of a construction business right now what advice would you give them? So I'd first say, well, first I should say we are about to launch a national rollout program to support companies to do it. So look out for that because we'll, we'll kind of support support companies through that and, you know, we'll hold your hand through the process. Um, but firstly, I'd say don't overthink it. You know, that there's, a, there's, a, there's an often, there's a trend that happens where people try and overthink every single possible eventuality to every single employee and how is it going to happen and every, every single day how it's going to work out. And I'd say don't, don't do that. Um, you know, follow the evidence that exists. Um, do consult with staff to, to to ensure that they're properly consulted in terms of their hopes and fears. But just you know, give it a go. Um, there's nothing stopping um, a business from trialing it for six months and then going back to the five day working week if it doesn't work out. Um, I would say give it a go, and it could be done. As I said, it could be done on a much smaller scale. It could be done on just on one project to see it, see how it works on one project. But you know, it it does feel like we're more and more confident the four-day week is going to be the future of work and if if there's many other sectors who are starting to and we are starting to see some sectors really leading the way on this and there is a real danger of the construction sector being left left behind i would say at this stage kind of tech sector a lot of the financial services sector um accountancy kind of charity and ngo sector um consultancy so like a lot of the tertiary sectors almost, yeah yeah you know and, and as you say you know if 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 they're, if they're offering to the younger generation a, a better work-life balance, then people are going to more likely going to go to those sectors. And so I think there is a danger of, of sectors like construction sector being left behind. And so I think if the construction sector wants to be seen as being defined as the future of work and being part of this future of work, then it's definitely something you've got to be at least exploring. And yeah, I, you know, what's the worst that can happen in a six-month trial, or even a three-month trial? You know, some companies just try it for three months and give it a go, and then you, you, know, you can take the decision after that. But yeah. You know, you're talking about you would hold our hands through that process. Is there, like, how would you measure it? How would you, uh, is it a case of you kind of like, you have all these templates, you do the surveys, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the end of it, you would have something really, really simple to look at. You know, you cut your employees are 20% happier today than they were three months ago. And productivity is, I don't know, the same. Exactly that, yeah. It'd be measured by, you know, either academics or consultants can come in and help with that or we can come in and help with that and just, you know, we, we'd, we'd set 
get the baseline measurement you know what are you what are you hoping to achieve um at the end of this three months and and yeah you'd, you'd look at productivity beforehand you look at productivity afterwards and you very quickly can see whether it's had any impact um and usually you know usually in most cases productivity is maintained but in many cases we've actually seen productivity improved and workers being more effective in four days rather than five it's fascinating it's almost yeah again i'm a personal experience personal the way i am is I feel like I would like to see a little bit more data, a little bit more data relevant to my business. Sounds like there's about to be another big tranche, if you like, this these, this data set that you're going to have come back now. I think it's really exciting. One of the things I worried about with construction, and I love to put a blocker in, and another reason why it wouldn't be adopted is the difference between the blue collar and the white collar in construction, in, in that one is very site-based, one is not very site-based. And... I think in the same way you can make a compelling argument and a simple argument, if you like, for the four-day working week for IT companies, for accountancy firms, those companies, that you, those sectors that you said are jumping on. I think you could make it quite easily for quantity surveyors, for the, for the office staff, let's say, at construction companies. Whether you could make it as easily for the blue collar which is bizarre considering they're the ones doing all the heavy lifting literally but i think you i think that's where we will struggle as a sector which i think if you actually take a step back is ridiculous but i think we would struggle there and therefore because you wouldn't want to give it to the office staff and not the site staff you end up giving it to no one is how i can imagine people or it would play out what what do you think about that how does that make you feel I think that's a fair assessment. You know, I, I think, I mean, firstly, I think the case for a four-day week, as you say, is stronger for blue-collar workers rather than white-collar workers, you know, in terms of the overwork, in terms of the physicality. But, you know, it's got to be, it can't be a policy that pits workers against each other. You know, it can't it can't be implemented longer term in one section of a business, not the other section of a business. You know, it has to, it has to be something that, you know, at its heart, the four-day week is about a better work-life balance for everyone. And so it needs to be implemented on that basis. It needs to inc- try and include everyone. And, you know, I think, yeah, otherwise you run into problems. And we've just seen that with South Cambridge District Council, actually, where they they initially announced a six, the first kind of public authority to, to move to a four-day week. And they, they've done a three-month trial for office-based staff. And they're just about to expand that. They're just working out how they're going to do it, expand that to all staff, including the bin men, the bin women, on, in June. So, you know... That's 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 the way to do it. Really, is to ensure that everyone is included in that in that process. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. You know, the more I talk to you, the more I think about the problems that we face, project by project, as an industry. The more I think there is really, really tangible solutions. Actually, that could solve the productivity puzzle. I've stolen that phrase. Could reduce accidents. Could help us get many many more young people into the sector make it in many ways an exciting sector already but you know take away some of those stigmas and just kind of stand out from the crowd i just think it has to be led by the government or industry bodies to say we recognize this is the challenge that we're facing skills crisis etc this is a solution let's try it otherwise it's very difficult for the smaller companies to say to their big clients Screw you, we're going to do this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think it does need to be, but it will come from those, it will be those smaller companies that will be the pioneers that will do it first. You know, they'll try it out and then the industry bodies will get everyone together and hopefully 
come up with a much bigger plan. Um, I mean, one idea could be to also, you know, you're talking about the younger generation, could be to run a programme where younger workers can come in and work in the sector on a four-day week. That could be one way of doing it um, as a starting point to see whether that attracts younger workers. And that's another programme that could potentially exist. Um, so, yeah, it, it will be, yeah, it, it will not be implemented across the construction sector on a company-by-company basis. It will have to be industry body-led. I, I agree with that. Um, and that just will take time. Um, but in the meantime, you know, we really need to see more experimentation. And I think I think we will do. How can our listeners and how can I easily keep up to date or easily get access? Where can we follow to get access to like this big tranche of um, data that's coming out on the 21st of Feb? So really, really soon. Like, Where do we follow you? Like, How could like business leaders, employees, employers see the data? So on our website, it says fourdayweek.co.uk, and that's the number four rather than spelled out. Um, we'll have the we'll have the pilot results up um, there on, on Tuesday, twenty first of February. There's also the the report um, on our website as well in terms of how a four day week could work in the construction sector, the feasibility of that. So I'd recommend reading that too. Um, but yeah, have, keep keep you know, we're we're on social media as well. But stuff we publish on our website. I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put both the website and the report in the podcast description you've changed the way i view things i'm getting there which is progress i mean that's really tangible progress so uh, that is that you should be very happy with that joe that you've, you've shifted the dial a little bit but thank you very much for coming on the show i think it's been awesome episode i've taken a lot from it i'm sure the listeners have and i will share all your details and i will be keeping in touch joe because i think that there's uh, something in it and hopefully it can be a bit of a catalyst Great, you can have me back on once you move to a four-day week. There we go. He's laid down a challenge, hasn't he? I hope none of my employees <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm in big, big trouble. But yeah, absolutely. Joe, I will speak to you soon, mate. Thank you for coming on the show. Take care. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye.